Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. What does the Word of God say about submissiveness to the government? Is it indeed the will of God that every believer submits to the government regardless of what government we're talking about and whatever they decree? Now, many people, based upon the passage of Scripture that we're going to be studying in this lesson, they would tell you, yes, it is always God's will for you to submit to the government. But when we look at Scripture, we see that there are many examples in the Bible where individuals, godly individuals, did not submit to the government. And let me share with you, as we draw closer and closer to the last days, we are going to see that governments, they will become more hostile to the truth of God. And ultimately, the ruler of the world, there will be a one-world government, and that ruler will be the Antichrist. And obviously, one should never obey the Antichrist. So this scripture Although it's not prophetic, it has some end times implications and we need to get it right. So with that said, take out your Bibles and look with me to the book of Romans and chapter 13. The book of Romans and chapter 13. Now, many times when people speak upon this issue, they go to this passage and here's the problem. They only deal with the first two verses. And if you only read the first two verses and then conclude, you're going to have a false conclusion. We need to read all the verses in this passage so that we come away with the right understanding. And again, we see that throughout the scripture, both Old Covenant and New Covenant, we see that godly individuals did not obey the government at times because what they were decreeing, what they were insisting that one do was against the will of God, the commandments of God. And therefore, as Peter says, whether it's right or wrong for us to obey you, speaking to the Romans, he says, you can decide, but we will do nothing else but to obey God. And what did they do? They continued to preach. That is, the apostles continued to preach the gospel. So the word of God is most clear. We're called ultimately to pledge our allegiance and to obey and to submit to the leadership of God, not the leadership of man. And that's true when these two things are in conflict with one another. And again, as we draw closer and closer to the last days, there will be a greater conflict between what the Word of God commands us to do and what governments order us 
to do. So in other words, get ready to suffer. Be ready to be persecuted. We need to be prepared for that because that's exactly what's going to happen to the the believing community. Well, again, look with me to Romans 13, and let's begin in verse 1. We read here, and every soul. Now, that expression, every soul, is Hebraic. Many times in the Old Testament, which is in Hebrew, there is a word nephesh, and that means soul, but it can be understood as simply a human being, a living individual. So here we see a Hebraic quality in the selection of the Greek word, which normally is the word soul, but here is just speaking about every individual. Very literally, every soul to the authorities. What type of authorities? The higher authorities. Let him submit. Now, again, if we just stop there, it's very clear. Everyone must submit to the higher authorities, meaning governments. But the word of God is continuing. It is not the end of the matter at the end of of this passage. So look again. Every soul to the authorities that are high submit. For there is no authority except from God. Now again. If we conclude there, it makes it to sound that every government has been established by God. What we need to realize is this. Paul is speaking in a general way. And that is that a believer should be submissive to authority. And when he does so, this one is honoring God. So even if that government isn't perfect, We need to see that it has been established, and if it is generally, and we'll see what Paul is going to be speaking of in a moment, if it's generally a government that enforces that which is good, we ought to generally submit. Again, for there is no authority but from God. And the ones, and it's speaking about these authorities, They are being, and then it says, under God. Therefore, they have been appointed. So in the scripture, look again at the second part of verse 1. And these authorities being under God, they have been appointed. They have been established. Now look at verse verse 2. So that the one that is resisting the authority the ordinance of god he has resisted now here again it's speaking in a general way for governments that as we'll see in a moment are good and what do i mean by that well before i answer that let's just look at what the scripture is saying second part of verse 2 where it says and the one who is resisting upon themselves judgment they will receive so here's the principle god establishes governments and it's his will for us to generally submit to these authorities 
they are a servant of god and they are there in regard to the ordinances of god in order to ensure to bring about in a general sense justice and therefore the one who is rebelling the one who as it says here is resisting such authority this one is going to bring upon himself or herself judgment now look at verse 3 it's when we get into verse 3 that we see what paul is speaking about now i've mentioned generally and someone might say well that's not in the scripture when we look at verses 1 and 2 we see that there's an absoluteness that's true but when we look at verses 3 and 4 we see why i say generally speaking why is that we'll look at verse 3 for rulers they are not a fear to good works now the governments that paul is speaking about that we need to submit to what does he say verse 3 for the rulers they are not a fear to good works but to evil ones so the ones that we submit to are the ones that they they punish evil and they reward or praise that which is good and remember biblically speaking the word good means the will of god and the word evil means that which is contrary to the will of god so the governments that we are called to absolutely submit to are the ones who are enforcing good and are punishing evil to those we are called to submit now does that mean that they have to do so perfectly no but in a general way if they generally enforce that which is right that which is good that which is related to the will of god then we should submit to them in the fullest sense but what happens and we'll come to this what happens when a government does just the opposite paul's going to speak of that in a moment look again at verse 3 for the rulers they are not a fear to good works but to evil ones but you desire not to fear the authority what's the response if you don't want to fear the authority he says good do and you will have praise from it meaning from that government so what does he tell us to do if we don't want to fear them then do good and you will have praise so the government that he's talking about here in verses one and two are the governments that praise good behavior and obviously they are a threat that is a fear to those who are doing that which is evil now look at verse four for a servant of god is he to you for the good meaning for the will of god that's what the word good means in the bible but if the evil you should do fear 
So once again, he's saying that this government that he's speaking to, that we need to submit to, that is a servant of God, are those that punish evil and praise that which is good. But again, what happens when there's a government that does the opposite, that that stands for that which is evil and punishes that which is good? Well, obviously, we see many examples in the Scripture where there are godly men and godly women that resisted such a government, did not agree with such uh, laws and decrees of the government. Our allegiance is not to man, but to God. And where there is no conflict, we are called to be submissive to recognize that authority. How should we recognize it? Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But he makes it very clear. The ones that he's talking about are ones who punish evildoers and reward or at least praise those that do good. Look again at at verse 4 where he says, For a servant of God is he, for you, for good. But if evil one should do, fear. For he, not in vain, the sword carries. So he has a sword and he doesn't carry it in vain. It's for punishment of what? Punishment of evil. For once again, he says, look at the middle of verse 4 where it's written down. For a servant of God is he. For what purpose? avenging with wrath to the one that is practicing evil. So I don't know how we can look at this passage and not see what Paul is saying. He is saying, generally, we are called to submit to authority. To all authority? No, to the authorities that that punish evil and praise that which is good. And again, those governments, and again, we're going to see as we move closer and closer to the last days, and if you live in about any country today, you are seeing that country become more and more wicked, more and more hostile to the commandments of God. We see, for example, in the United States, we see that that they are are doing wicked things in supporting homosexuality that agrees with this transgender deceit and falsehood. Many things that are against what the Word of God teaches. And are we called to support these things? We are absolutely not. We stand against it. We do not behave that which is unrighteous. And we're going to see that Paul is going to teach us very clearly what we should be doing and how we should be be implementing the truth of God into our life. Look now to verse, verse 5. We read, Therefore, a necessity to submit. Therefore, a necessity to submit, not only on account of wrath, meaning Don't just do it because of a fear of punishment, but also on account of 
conscience. Now, what does that mean? Well, we have talked about this word conscience previously. And we know that it says earlier on in the book of Romans that, that God has given to each individual a conscience. And through that conscience, God speaks to us generally his will. We can learn through the conscience, generally speaking, that which is right and that which is wrong, that which is good, that which is evil, that which is according to God's will and that which is against his will. I say generally, why? Well, because what is superior to the conference is the Holy Spirit. When you have him in your life leading you, and I'm speaking again of the Holy Spirit, when he convicts you, the Bible says that he is a teacher of righteousness. He will reveal to you all truth. So having the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you can only receive the Holy Spirit by faith in that gospel, receiving Messiah into your life, when you do, then the Holy Spirit is going to lead you in a more superior manner than the conscience. But he says here in a general way that we are called to submit, not just because we don't want to be punished, but according to the conscience, meaning that we need to agree with God that these things are right. Now, verse 6. For on account of this, also taxes you pay. Now, the word here for pay means you complete. You do and pay all your obligations, all your financial obligations to the government. Why? Well, he tells us in verse 6, for servants of God are, are they. For this same purpose they are attending, meaning this. Once again, Paul is not talking about any government, but he's talking about specifically a government that has a consistency attending to those things which are proper, those things that, that protect people, like the police and the military, and the courts that, in a general way, support justice. That we have this natural law, which is very similar, not to the fullest degree, but similar to the law of Moses, meaning that we recognize that stealing is not good, that murder is not proper, and that that lying is not a correct way to speak. So we have these, these natural laws that, that by and large, according to the conscience, individuals, most people, they agree these things are proper. And most governments, they, to a certain degree, they embrace these things. They punish those who steal. They, they put in prison those who kill or they, they exert capital punishment upon those who take a life. There is that general principle within governments that we see also reflected in the law of God. And therefore, because of that, we are called to submit. But once more, when the government is hostile to the things of God. When they punish that which is good and reward evil, we obviously are called to stand against that. For example, Daniel. Daniel 
when there was a decree that one could not pray to, to God, the God of Israel, but only to the, the image that was set up? What did Daniel do? As his tradition was, he would three times a day go and face Jerusalem and pray. And when there was that decree that that was outlawed, did Daniel stop doing it? No, he did not. And we see over and over in the scripture examples of individuals that that did not submit to ungodly governmental decrees, but remain faithful to God. And as I said, this is going to be more important in the last days when government after government and ultimately the antichrist is ruling again verse six for on account of this you pay taxes for servants of god are they for this very thing they are attending and it means to continuously attend to verse seven therefore you pay all of what you owe to the one's fear you fear to the one taxes or tribute you pay taxes and tribute to the one that that you should should fear you fear and to the one that you should honor you honor so it makes it very clear that we should not be a debtor to no one but that we should humbly and obediently and submissiveness submissively render to others what they deserve taxes to those that we should pay taxes tribute to those that we should pay tribute and also to honor or fear those that deserve our respect and our honor that is what paul says and we should be obedient to these things but again this is in regard to governments that, that stand for that which is good and are, are in opposition to things that are evil. But as we're seeing today, all around us, government after government is turning to wickedness. And therefore, we are commanded by God to always obey Him. Let's look at this last verse that we're going to deal with in this lesson, verse 8, because it's most informing. He says once again about not owing, he says, nothing to no one you should owe except, and this is very important what he teaches us here, he said, except for loving one another. Now, when you hear that loving of one another what should come into your mind well that commandment that we find in the book of leviticus where it says you shall love your neighbor as yourself we see throughout the scripture that is a foundational commandment that god gives to us to love one another and what we find here is this paul tells us in the book of galatians this this commandment to love one another it is the character of the commandments of moses now i've said many times and i repeat myself now that when we look at the law messiah taught when he was asked what is the greatest commandment he spoke about love to love god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your very 
essence. And then he says a second commandment is like it, meaning second, not in order, but importance. And what is that? To love your neighbor as yourself. Both of these, whether we speak about the first one, which means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your very being. This is the first one, and how does it begin? And the second one, it begins that same way, you shall love. So when we deal with the, the foundation of the commandments of Moses, what is its foundation? To love. First and foremost, we love God. And how do we demonstrate that love of God? By loving our neighbor, loving others. So God, why I'm changed is because I recognize that God first loved me. As the scripture says, when we were still sinners, lost in our sins, God demonstrated his love for us. How? By sending his only begotten son, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, into this world to pay the price for all of my sins and all of your sins. As John says in his first epistle, for the sins of the world. There is no concept biblically about some limited atonement. That is a lie from Reformed theology. What the scripture says is this, that God so loved the world, all the world, that he wanted to deal with all sin. And how did he do that? By sending his only begotten son into this world to pay the price, to shed his blood, to die, receiving the full punishment of the violation of the law. But what do we know? The death could not have victory over him, this righteous one. And therefore, he rose from the dead, signifying that same victory in life that we can receive through faith in him. And when we do that, we are going to become a new creation. And what does the Bible reveal? As new creations, we are going to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And the outcome of that is that we're going to fulfill, as Paul says earlier in this epistle, in chapter 8 and verse 4, that we are going to fulfill the righteousness of the law. And that's what he's talking about here in verse 8. Look at it again. Nothing to no one that you should owe except loving one another. For the one who loves another, and notice what it says, this one, he has fulfilled the law. So when we look at the scripture, we see something very clear. It is loving one another. Because God first loved us, we have received the love of God into our life. Now we have the ability by the Spirit of God to live according to the order of God and demonstrate the character of God by loving others as ourselves. And when we do that, we fulfill the law because the chief characteristic of the law of God, and I'm speaking about the law of Moses, is love. And we see that first Israel was redeemed in Egypt. Then they came out and received that law. Why? It is through submissiveness to the instructions of God that we express and show 
the redemption that we have received by faith. Well, I'm out of time until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.